0: Hey, welcome to episode five of the Dynasty Dad Podcast. My name is Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. I'm excited because we got another great guest here for, t- for you tonight. But before we do that, I want to drop a couple of... You guys have been so fantastic with the Apple iTunes reviews. I'm going to have to break it into two segments. But I mean, five episodes in and you guys have left 12 five-star reviews. And I cannot thank you guys even more for that because that's phenomenal. I want to read a couple of them here. And I, I want to, again tell you my appreciation for that so the first one comes from toxic pepsi 27 by the way don't drink that it sounds pretty rough but we have uh mike has great analysis (laughs) on players (laughs) exactly has great analysis on players content is clear and to the point definitely worth a listen so thank you toxic pepsi uh the next one is from alex anna jordan the dynasty dad loves fantasy football and it shows he has deep insight takes the time to really research what he's saying Great if you're new to Dynasty Fam- fantasy football or if you're a veteran just looking to up your game. And the last one I'm going to read here is from at Ballroom Bell. Dynasty dad goes above and beyond in his research and is always ready to jump in and help listeners with their questions. Super nice guy. Dad jokes all aside. <laughs> so thank you very much for those kind words. Uh, speaking of kind words and, and positive influences, I want to bring on a special guest here. You know, I, I met him in the uh, we had the Dynasty dad um, the group chat there where we were doing for the Fantasy Cares Eliminator, and I was on a podcast with him recently. So the special guest is a QCL member, uh, an SFBX participant, and really just one of the most overall positive influences on Twitter that I've come across. That's Commissioner Breeze. How you doing tonight?
1: Doing good, Dynasty Dad. Thanks for having me on once again.
0: Yeah, we're excited. I mean, you and I had a a good rapport there when we were on uh, at P2W there a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, I got to get you on here, you know, because we started (laughs) talking a little bit. And, you know, I'm a father of four and you're the only person on Twitter so far who trumps me that you're a father of five, correct? That is correct that is awesome uh one thing we like to talk about on the Dynasty dad podcast is just a little bit of you know your fantasy football upbringings like how you got started in fantasy football how you tie in your your children or anything that you know experiences that you've had over the years to where you are now
1: yeah sure um i started uh, playing fantasy football around 2012 uh right before i started having children so Things were quite different back then compared to now. <laughs> so um, over the years, as um, I've uh, learned and grown during my time playing fantasy football, my kids will usually sit down with me, watch the games, ask me questions, wondering why I'm jumping up and down whenever one of my players make a big play or score a touchdown. I just say, "Hey, that's my guy right there." <laughs> yeah. So um, my oldest, uh, who is uh, seven, going on eight right now. She's a little bit more um, curious about, you know, the things that I'm doing when it gets um, – as we get close to the season, whenever I have to, like, leave to go to a pod, she's like, you know, Dad, where are you going? Don't leave me. I want to listen, you know. But I, I'll tell you, you know, I can't have any interruptions while I'm doing this, you know. So um, that's pretty much uh, some of the dad life stuff that I have going on with my kids right now in regards to fantasy football. Yeah.
0: As you can see behind me, I got my draft board here and my kids actually did our first, we do, this is our fifth year now. So your oldest is seven. My youngest is seven. So I'm showing my age here a little bit. I got seven, nine, <laughs> seven, nine, eleven, and 13. And, uh, they did their own draft. They do it every year and we get together and like they love seeing what I do. You know, when, when I have my home drafts and all my friends come over and we do those drafts and we do it similar mm-hmm. to that, you know, we, we get pizza this year. We got, 25 tacos from taco bell. Cause that's what they want. Oh, nice. You know, we, we get the draft board, which I got from draftkits.co. If you guys haven't heard of them, they make the most fantastic draft boards right now. And if you guys go over there, I know it's middle of draft season, but if you hit them up, you know, this is a vinyl reusable board. They have the most fantastic products. And if you guys use the code dad, you guys will get 10% off. So, you know, just by dropping my name, you get an extra 10% and uh, you will not be disappointed. I mean, they are definitely dynasty dad approved. But we do the draft, and every year, you know, we have have prizes at the end. And this year it was so cool. My daughter, she's 11, and she went on Fantasy Pros ADP and started writing stuff down. Right, so she came in with notes. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I, I put that commercial out there. I don't know if you saw it, but my old or my middle son Matthew, uh, he's nine. He he just got a Patrick Mahomes jersey for his birthday, and he's like, you know, I was like, I wear the Patrick Mahomes jersey, but I was like, with that one pick, number one pick. You know, I listen to my dad talk all the time. And he says, you can't take a quarterback. So I got to take Christian McCaffrey, you know, so it's, it's just go. cool, kind of like introduction to dad life and fantasy football. So enough about that. Let's jump into what everybody wants to hear about. You know, everybody wants to hear right now about those ADP bargains and those guys that that you and I want to buy up at. Great costs. I mean, everybody knows you get McCaffrey, you get all those guys early. But let's talk about some bargains here in drafts. You know, everyone's really jumping into their their home leagues or their redraft leagues, and they want to hear some of these names that that you know are going to win you guys some championships. If you guys listen to us, we have a lot of uh, you know twenty plus fantasy experience here between the two of us. So let's drop some uh, let's drop some info on them. So the first one is my first adp bargain we'll start with the quarterbacks because that influences the other positions the most but i'm coming in with cam newton you know cam newton right now in fantasy pros is an adp of 19 so you do not need to take him with your qb1 i know there's a lot of people that are a little bit worried you know can he still run it you know does he still have still have those legs but at qb19 you're not taking him as your qb1 you know in a two quarterback he's your back-end qb2 or in a one quarterback, he's your backup. And when I want my backup quarterbacks in a one quarterback league, I want the highest upside possible. You know, I don't want that safe, boring floor. Derek Carr in in a one quarterback league. I want a guy who, if I have Drew Brees and he goes down, I know Cam Newton's going to be able to come in and put up those numbers. And if you look at what he's done over the past couple of years, obviously 2019 that's a bit of a wash, but 2018 finishing as the QB12, 2017 is the QB2. And, you know, he has that floor of 400 rushing yards that you're looking for. You know, I know the guy you're going to be talking about has that nice rushing floor, too. And when I'm drafting quarterbacks, I want a guy with a high floor when it comes to rushing yards and a high upside when it comes to what he can do with the football.
1: The guy who I wanted to talk about was uh, Daniel Jones. Um, Right now, he's going at QB 16 in Fantasy Pros. Um, Last season, when he was the starter, he showed flashes you know, what he can do both running and passing the football. Um, I believe, you know, going into this season, you know, with the new offensive coordinator and Jason Garrett and with his full complement of weapons, I really think he can take a step forward. I know some people might be scared off with his early season schedule. It's not ideal. But again, where you're drafting him at, you know, for your team, he's not somebody you necessarily have to start right away. But, you know, any event that your QB one goes down, he's somebody that you can plug in. And, you know, because, you know, with quarterbacks, it's arguably the most replaceable position to find fantasy production. So if some reason he don't work out, you know, you can go find, you know, you know, get a Gardner Minshew or Ryan Fitzpatrick or whatever the case may be. But. Another reason why I like him too, um, going into year two, I really feel like he's going to have a strong connection with Evan Ingram. I think he Evan Ingram is going to be his security blanket, which is going to help both him and Daniel Jones floor, in my opinion. So that's the guy who I am looking at as a ADP bargain at the quarterback position.
0: I absolutely love it. Both of those guys are my Scott Fishbowl quarterbacks because I wanted to play that high upside. And you bring up several great points there. I mean, he had four games where he was winning you weeks, where depending on what your scoring format, you know, it was thirty-five plus fantasy points where he really balled out. Evan Ingram is the key to his success, though. I think you're, I think you're right with that because the turnovers got to get cut down. You know, there was a lot yeah. of fumbles. Uh, he held onto the ball too long. A lot of interceptions, and I think that comes from not having a real security blanket because Saquon was beat up. Evan Ingram was out of the lineup. Even Golden Tate was out of the lineup, Sterling Shepard. It was only really Darius Slayton there towards the end. And he was forcing the ball, but he's proved that he can really ball out. To what you said about, you know, what I'm advocating for everybody is if you don't get Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson, one of them early guys, wait. Take that 12th quarterback off the board as Matthew Stafford because we both love Matthew Stafford. Yes. You know? yes. He was on pace for that QB2. Take Matthew Stafford, and if you don't trust him, Take Daniel Jones or Cam Newton. Now all of a sudden you have two high upside, you know, high floor, high upside type quarterbacks where you're going to get similar type production. And that's how fantasy football is won. Is you know, you if you can wait so many rounds deeper. I mean, I feel like you can get Stafford a good six, seven rounds after you get Mahomes. Build up the rest of that lineup and really just watch your lineup soar. So those are two great quarterbacks. Um, and you brought up Gardner Minshew. I think Gardner Minshew is the cheapest option there is a quarterback and there's going to be a lot of negative game script there i mean he's going to be a guy Mm -hmm. that is going to be able to throw the ball in certain situations why don't we jump over to our wide receiver you and i both you know it was it was great to see because this is a guy i've been just shouting from the rooftops i love 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 dj Chark this year and if if minshu is a guy that we see with some upside why don't you tell me what you see with dj Chark?
1: yeah so um DJ Chark is a guy who I have recently started to rise on. Um, I mean, he was a guy who I wasn't necessarily fading per se, somebody who I've been kind of watching from afar to see where his ADP would, you know, stay steady or start rising. But surprisingly, you know, he's right there for you at wide receiver 23 top of the fifth round and you know what, he can do and what the production we've seen from him last year, I think that's a really good value. I mean, last year, you know, up until week 14, you know, he was the wide receiver eight overall. Mm -hmm. So that kind of gives you an idea of what he can do with Gardner Benchoo, who kind of – they actually didn't even have much rapport going into the season because Nick Foles was the starting quarterback.
0: Right. So going into this season. Sorry, I cut you off there, and then it just kind of uh, it tapered off there. You were talking about the rapport with Gardner Minshew and DJ Chark.
1: Yeah, so um, going into the season, you know, Nick Foles was the starting quarterback, so they didn't really have that much of a rapport going into the season. They just kind of clicked, you know, once the team figured out that Gardner Minshew gave them the best chance to put them in a position to win games, so – I like DJ DJ Chark a lot going into this season. I think they can take another step forward with an even stronger um, rapport and connection because, like you said earlier, they will be in a lot of negative game scripts uh, situations. So as a fantasy manager, you want that so you can have potentially put more points on the board for your fantasy roster.
0: Absolutely. I love that take. I mean, the guy was over 70 receptions, over a thousand yards, eight touchdowns. And he is just a you know speed burst score freak. You know, you look at his Spark X score and he's in that 99th percentile as a six foot three wide receiver who can really do it all. Um, we both love DJ Chark. And what I'm really advocating for the listeners is to take those wide receiver ones on their team who you can have as a wide receiver three. And when you and I were on P2W two weeks ago, he was going as wide receiver 27. So people are starting to get that trend. He's starting to move in at wide receiver three. Now he's a wide receiver two, but I feel like in some drafts, you can take him as your wide receiver three. And I'm perfectly comfortable with him as my wide receiver two, because I think he's going to put up borderline wide receiver one numbers. You know, I have him in my top 15 right there with Terry McLaurin. And DJ Chark is, I, I see a little bit of, The old school, you know, no one ever liked Blake Bortles and and Allen Robinson back in the day. I mean, everybody loved Robinson, but I can see some of that. (laughs) I I can see some of that. You know, I can see a scenario where Minshew's playing for his job, you know, and he's not going to be worried about throwing interceptions as much late as trying to get his team back in the game. And the guy he's going to target in those situations is DJ Chark. I mean, there is not a lot else there. There's there's Chenault and there's Dady Westbrook, but he's going to be the primary guy. And last year, 118 targets. I could easily see that over 130 this season.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of put the icing on the cake. I mean, in the Scott Fishbowl draft, I took, I got him at seven 11 as my wide receiver three on my, on my Ooh, I team. So it's like, that's an, that's a crazy value right there.
0: <laughs> right. And that's, that's a great point because the one thing I did it in Scott Fishbowl and, it, and I'm doing it in all my drafts right now is heavy RB early because those wide receivers are so deep You know, you can get in that particular draft. I got, you know, I got Zeke and Eckler and Jonathan Taylor and early on, and I was able to wait and get guys like Cortland Sutton and DJ Chark in that sixth, seventh round. And those guys are going to be, they're going to be up there. They're going to be top 20 wide receivers. And that really gives you an opportunity to really build a positional advantage at running back and still be competitive at wide receiver. Two more guys that are in that realm. Why don't you talk to me a little bit about Michael Gallup? You know, I feel like the community really soured on Michael Gallup when CeeDee Lamb was drafted, and you could buy him cheap, and I mean super cheap, and it's ridiculous for a guy that had over a 1,000 yards, 66 receptions, and six touchdowns, and he's only, what, 23 years old? Tell me about Michael Gallup.
1: Yeah, so I was I was one of those people initially that had uh, soured on Michael Gallup when the Cowboys had drafted CeeDee Lamb. I'm like, oh, man, you know, I didn't really know what to make of the situation for a Good while in the season, but, you know, as time has come on and you got the whole pandemic situation, it kind of made me realize, you know, you have these rookie um, wide receivers like C.D. Lamb, who hasn't had the best opportunity to establish that rapport with Dak Prescott. So that right there is an advantage for Michael Gallup. Now, Michael Gallup right now, you know, he's wide receiver, 32. According to Fantasy Pros, I think that is an insanely undervalued spot where he is going for the upside and how safe he is as a player. I mean, you talk about hammering running backs early. You know, you got Amari Cooper going third, sometimes early fourth round to fit on, you know, the draft or whatever. But he has similar, you know, production to Amari Cooper, and he's going three to four rounds later he I had 142 targets. That's more than some of the wide receiver once on their
0: own team. Yeah, Mike McCarthy saying Mike McCarthy saying that he sees him as a wide receiver one. And yeah. you know, the I love CD Lamb and don't get me wrong, CD Lamb is the future. I mean that he is one of my favorite, if not my favorite wide receiver out of this class and my my number one, but I think Michael Gallup, you know, got knocked back quite a bit there. And like you're saying, you could get him as a late wide receiver three in some drafts your wide receiver four and and, and my uh, FFPC. I got him as my wide receiver six, you know, and I already pounded the table with my running backs. Now I got that kind of upside with a guy like that who, you know, in an offense – give me the wide receiver two on an offense like Dallas rather than the wide receiver one on a low production offense, you know, like San Francisco or something Mm -hmm. like that. You know, he's going to be a a lock for well over a hundred targets and there's 180 vacated targets. That's what made no sense is yes. CD lamb comes in, but is he going to get 180 targets as a rookie? I mean, you know, and yeah, Blake Jarwin might get a little bit more, but I mean, how much else is going on in that offense aside the big three? And that's a great one with Michael Gallup, The other guy I really like in in that same situation where you can get him as wide receiver 31 right now is Hollywood Brown. Uh, I know, you know, he he was banged up his rookie year, but he came in weighing a buck 60. I mean, a buck 60 (laughs) in the NFL. And I always talk about on the Dynasty Refinery, those small, fast guys, they come in hot, right? And then they get injured and they get banged up and it's not the same because they win with their speed. So you know, if you take those first four games last year, he was on pace for 66 receptions, a thousand yards, and six touchdowns. Almost identical to what Michael Gallup put up, uh, but he got he got injured. He had that small frame, and my man has put on 23 pounds of pure muscle. I mean, I was looking at his workout regime, and it was wake up at 7:30 and eat four raw eggs, 9:30 protein shake, and and this. Eleven thirty. It was it was chicken and fish and more veggies. Every two hours, he's been he's eaten and put on twenty three pounds of muscle. The best part was he put it out there. He's still running a four three. You know he's running a four three with twenty three more pounds. You know you and I put on twenty three more pounds. You know <laughs> so more, so we're going to add four three to our forty time. Yeah. But, but I mean, my man comes out. He's straight yoked, and he's the wide receiver one on that team. You know Mark Andrews is going to be there, and you know you could argue that. But I want those wide receiver ones on a prolific offense, and a lot of people are saying they think Lamar Jackson might you know, tone back the running a little bit more and there might be more passing opportunities because they're going to key on that. And a guy that could really explode that you get at wide receiver 31 is, is Marquise Hollywood Brown.
1: And then just to add on what you were saying, you know, they talk about, you know, wanting to pass the ball more this year in Baltimore. You know, earlier today with the news that Earl Thomas got released by the team, that's a hole in the secondary. Yeah. So now, it can weaken their defense where there might be in more situations where they will have to pass the ball, and that's going to just put Hollywood Brown in a a position to have more opportunity to get targets and, you know, make big plays on the field, which he's accustomed to doing.
0: He's, he's hungry. I mean, a guy that's willing to try to do that to put on 23 pounds to be great. And that's what he wants to do. And I mean, I know there are some people that say he reminds him of a younger Antonio Brown, hopefully not the same trajectory late in his career, but you know, he yeah. came in in that same kind of, obviously they're, they're, cousins, you know, and he had that work ethic in the beginning and they were working out together. And I feel like he's being slept on, you know, at wide receiver 31, all three of those guys are wide receiver threes that I'm more than comfortable being as wide receiver twos, who are going to put up numbers for you guys. So, you know, pick those guys up. Moving on to the running back position. Now That's what everybody wants. You know, that's what everybody finds as those sexy position. You know, those are the guys that the cornerstones. We got three guys here, you know, one in the teens and two in the 20s here, who I feel like are really high upside for where you're going to get them. The first guy I'll talk about, and I'm not really into him in Dynasty. I'm going to be honest. You know, I was on Goat District and I kind of roasted them a little bit because they were giving me a hard time. <laughs> but Chris Carson is not my Dynasty running back. But in redraft, I mean, you know, he's going as the RB 16 coming off, a, you know, an RB one season again, third most yardage after contact with 905 yards, fifth and in t- in broken tackles, similar numbers to Joe Mixon last season. And Joe Mixon is going at, you know, end of the first, you can get Chris Carson at the end of the third, into that fourth round. And what he was able to do with that offensive line, and I believe that offensive line is improving, but he averaged 4.4 yards per carry. But the interesting thing is, you know, on next-gen stats, which I'm really starting to get into those, the expected yards per carry based off the offensive line work was 3.9. So you're talking about he's an average – half a yard per carry he's adding to the mix, you know, and that's the kind of running back I want on my team. 278 carries, over 1,200 rushing yards, seven touchdowns, and people don't realize he had 37 receptions. You know, I think people kind of look at him at that, at that running back who doesn't catch passes, but 37's enough to keep you at that nice, safe floor.
1: Now I agree totally. Um, you know, a lot of people um scared off about Carson's injury history, but, you know, as of right now, you know he's good to go. You know Pete Carroll, he loves him, in spite of his following issues. He's stuck behind this guy, and you know right now Rashad Penny, he's not going to be available for the season to start. You know Carlos Hyde, he's pretty much an insurance policy. So, what is there not to like about Chris Carson? I mean, for where he's going. Um, it's a ton of upside in Chris Carson going late third round, you know, sometimes early fourth round, depending on the draft who can return RB1 value. So I like to, I like to pick a lot.
0: Good, good. I I mean, I, I, you want those running backs on those top 10 offenses. And Seattle is a run heavy offense. They're going to be in the, in the red zone repeatedly. And Chris Carson's a guy who's always a threat for double digit touchdowns. He finished in the top 10 last year and he only had seven touchdowns. I can see him having 10, 12 touchdowns without, you know, breaking a sweat. I I see that as a real possibility. Speaking of touchdowns and, you know, first and second down work, I know you were big into the Tampa Bay offense last year. I heard you talk about that. Let's talk about the Tampa Bay running game right now for this year.
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, Ronald Jones, you know, he's a name that somewhat polarized in the fantasy community, but, you know, I had a chance to kind of dig a little bit into ronald jones and um uh, you know he right now is on at the rb 30 according to fantasy pros um he had 40 receptions last season with james winston as his quarterback that was more than mark and mark um ingram that was more than josh Jacobs, more than raheem Mustard david montgomery he had close to you know um He had 200 touches, basically, on last season. I think he can get to the 220, 225 range with Tom Brady at the helm. It's a good offense. They're going to be in positive game scripts, you know, for most of their games, which would benefit, you know, Ronald Jones. Bruce Arians came out and said that he likes him. He's their guy. You know, today, Ronald Jones had a bad practice, dropped a couple of passes. But so did Keyshawn Vaughn and LaShawn McCoy. But everybody wanna make a big deal when it was Ronald Jones who dropped the passes. But I think for where he's going in the early seventh round, he's at worst, you know, a low end RB two. If you're somebody who wanna go, you know, um RB zero to start your draft, this is a guy you wanna target because he's 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 a lot safer than people wanna give him credit for. So I like Ronald Jones. I'm personally gonna be trying to get him. I got a share in the QCL draft that you talked about at the top of the show. But um yeah, I like him.
0: I do too. I mean, I, I've really come around. I was I was a little sour on him last year, but everybody was all about Keyshawn Vaughn and I didn't see it, you know, a fourth round draft pick with you know minimal athleticism, you know, as far as compared to Ronald Jones. Love Ronald Jones upside for the twenty twenty season. And you brought up a great point, you know. I I mean, I feel like zero RB is a real misnomer, you know, like people are, but if you're willing to, like I was talking about pounding the running back table early, I'm seeing another one where if you got picks like one through three and you take Christian McCaffrey, and then at that two, three turn, you'd start pounding a couple wide receivers, like three of them in there. That's where you can get guys like Ronald Jones, like you said, in the seventh round or this next guy who, you know, I know you're from Detroit but DeAndre Swift is going at RB27 right now. This is a guy who is going to win you leagues. You know, this is one you have to listen to here where DeAndre Swift's upside is so astronomical. I feel like people are worried that Carryon Johnson's in the way and Carryon Johnson sitting there with the knee brace, you know, which my friend that's a doctor said that's more for just more for his mental stability than it is for, you know, preventing injury. And DeAndre Swift is in an offense that you and I both agree should be explosive. An offense that has Matthew Stafford, it's got Kenny Galladay, it's got Marvin Jones, it's got TJ Hawkinson, and now you throw into the mix DeAndre Swift, you have a absolute, you know, RB stud in the making. Most of us had him as our RB1, you know, going into the pre-draft process and there shouldn't be anything that's really stopped us from believing that DeAndre Swift is that same player. It's just the situation that he went to is something that most of us are are trying to avoid just for the simple fact that it's a Matt Patricia offense. It's an offense in the past that has gone by committee. It won't be Matt Patricia is playing for a job. Matt Patricia knows that if he wants to maintain his job, that offense is going to have to funnel through DeAndre Swift in the past game in the run game, and they're going to have to use him as one of the most complete running backs in this class. And I know you're a big fan of him. I know he's a guy that people in the community and their rookie drafts were getting extremely late. But at this point, as the RB27 in your, your redraft league, DeAndre Swift has to be owned. He has to be a guy that you're targeting, and I'm not going to go out of any of my redraft leagues without coming home with DeAndre Swift reconnecting to what's going on here, I wanted to talk to you guys, you know, as I was talking about guys that are going to win you leagues, I want to tell you about trophysmack.com. We talked about players that are going to win you those trophies. Right now, we partnered up again with trophysmack.com. They make the greatest trophies. They make a phenomenal belt that we got for our Dynasty Refinery Listener League um, listening to League one where it's a, a gold belt with our logo on there. They do the greatest work that I've seen, you know, and if you guys go over there to trophysmack.com and you guys enter the code refinery from the other podcast, you guys will get a free championship ring, which is a $60 value just for using that code. So use the code refinery. You guys will get that free championship ring. I know I'm going to use them for my trophies this year. And you know, I highly suggest that you use them as well. So draftkits.co and trophysmack.com, both of them, Dynasty Dad approved. Make sure you guys look them up and add them to your Dynasty and Fantasy repertoire. The last guy, the next last position we have here is we're going to talk about tight ends. And if you guys have listened to me, I've been guesting on multiple podcasts in the last two weeks. And the guy that I am all about, I mean, all about is the tight end position is Mike gasseki he finishes a top five tight end down the stretch as the number two target in Miami he's six foot six two he, you know six foot six 247 pounds and he runs a 4 540. he was at the hundredth percentile in catch radius which means no one has ever had that 99th percentile in speed burst and agility scores and now he's finally learning the position that's scary you know it is scary to me that he's entering that third year learning the position. And last year he was still able to put in 89 targets, 51 receptions, 570 yards, and five touchdowns as a sophomore. And he's running 71% of the routes right now for Miami. You know, he they're using him a lot more in line. I do not believe that Preston is going to be able to start the season as the wide receiver two in full form. I feel like Mike Gasecki is that number two guy behind um behind Devontae Parker. And I think he has a sneaky good Tight end one season here, and you can get him right now on an ADP on fantasy pros at wide or tight end 15. So, if you did not get one of those top four tight ends, if you did not get Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews, or Ertz, don't go reaching for all the rest of the guys, don't go reaching for those middle Hunter Henry type players. Wait, be the last guy in your board, stock up the value at running back, stock up the value at wide receiver, and then. When it comes to an opportunity, you go and you grab Mike Gusecki because he is a guy that I believe is going to win you a title. He is that good. I can see a situation where he puts up 70 type receptions, 800 yards and double digit touchdowns. He's on the Ascension and in Dynasty, go buy him cheap. You can get him for a second round pick. In redraft, we're talking about tight end 15 off the board and that is a fantastic, fantastic value. We haven't had Commissioner Breeze come back on, but the guy that I know he wants to talk to you guys about, and I'll try to do it from his vantage point, is Chris Herndon. My co-host at the Dynasty Refinery absolutely loves Chris Herndon. Obviously, Commissioner Breeze loves him too. If he could, if he was here to come back, he would tell you about it. But we want to talk about a situation where a tight end can be the number one target. It is the Jets. You're looking at, in 12 games as a rookie, he had 39 receptions, 502 yards, four touchdowns. And if we had that, same kind of mentality. If he, if he didn't have the year where he had the DUI and he sat out the entire year, we would be talking about Chris Herndon in a similar light to some of these top eight tight ends, but we didn't. And what else is there with the jets right now? I mean, it's Crowder, it's Mims, it's Paramin. It's nothing super exciting. And they're going to be in negative game script all the time. So Chris Herndon is someone that I advocate. You guys go out and buy, you know, in dynasty, probably get him for a third round pick in redraft right now you can get him as the tight end 19 you know he's almost your back end tight end too and even if you don't draft him a guy that on your waiver wire just keep an eye on him because he's going to be doing some good things this year so i want to thank you guys you know for tuning in here uh commissioner breeze kind of he lost a little bit of internet connection i know there's a lot of bad weather going around um but want to really talk to you guys and thank you guys again for the iTunes reviews. And I wanted to say, you know, I'm going to read those aloud every week. I want you guys to be able to, you know, be as interactive as possible with me. And when you put those five-star reviews, I'm going to read them every single time because that, you know, that touches me right here. That's something that means a lot to me. And I appreciate when you guys do that. So thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the process. See if we can get Breeze back in here. Hey, anybody got a question while we're waiting for Breeze? No questions.